I remember the first time that I preached this particular gospel. I was a fairly new priest at the time, and the reason I remember it is because it was my first angry letter that I received as a priest, was after this homily. There's been plenty of them since then. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more. It's just kind of, uh, it's, it's, a part of, it's a part of the job, it's a part of the vocation. I mention that because I actually think it was entirely appropriate and it made sense to me that this would be a message that someone would have had an issue with. I was preaching actually about Joel Olstein and the prosperity gospel. And so, probably most of us in the church have heard of Joel Osteen, whether we've watched him or not. Um, he's a good speaker. Uh, he says a lot of good things. But he promotes a message that's called the prosperity gospel. And really, I was critiquing the prosperity gospel. And what the prosperity gospel basically entails is, look, this is how our relationship with God works. You come to Sunday worship, and you do the right things in life, and almost in a contractual way, God will take care of your material needs. And it's through the lens of this world. And basically, to a certain extent, if you're going through some hard times, there's a really good chance that those are a result of you sinning or your own lack of devotion and proclamation that Jesus is the Lord, so on and so forth. And so, the idea of suffering in the prosperity gospel is there's a good chance you're probably doing something wrong if you're, if you're going through hard times, if you're suffering. And so I said in that homily that that is basically an anti-gospel. It's an anti-gospel. It's almost the exact opposite of the gospel that Jesus himself gives. And this person, in their letter, they didn't understand, you know, this guy's talking about Jesus, we talk about Jesus in the Catholic Church. We're all doing the same thing. What's the big deal? And to a certain extent, I can kind of understand that. I really can't. I can understand that because I think that's exactly she and her understanding was very similar to Peter's understanding in today's gospel. And so this idea of suffering is not an idea that any of us like. So I don't know if we remember last week's gospel. But last week's gospel was, if you can recall, Peter is affirmed by Jesus. 
And Jesus says, Peter, you're the rock. And, and what Peter says is, Jesus, you're the Son of God. That's who you are. And so Peter, in what he was saying, was so completely aligned with God, with God the Father, that Jesus says, what you're saying right now isn't even coming from you. It's coming from God. And the next passage in the Scriptures is this passage here where Jesus actually calls Peter Satan. Jesus calls Peter Satan. It's a pretty serious, pretty serious word to call his friend and this guy that he just said he was going to build a church on. The reason, even though this kind of sounds extreme from Jesus, the reason that Jesus is calling Peter Satan is because this, this mindset of telling Jesus, no, you're not going to go and be persecuted and you're not going to go and take your cross and be crucified is a satanic form of thinking. Jesus tells us over and over and over again, it's one of his major themes throughout the four Gospels, that there is no resurrection outside of the cross. There's no skipping the crucifixion. If you do not pick up your cross and follow me daily, you have no life within you. God gives us crosses. He doesn't do it because we're cruel. Listen to what Jesus says once again. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself Take up his cross and follow me. Forever, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? And so Jesus juxtaposes the world with what he's doing. And I think that this is probably one of the main messages, one of the main theses of every commercial that we can, when we turn on the TV or Netflix or whatever we watch now or go online, one of the main themes that we have, is a very worldly idea, is to avoid suffering at all costs. Avoid suffering at all costs. Avoid looking at tough things with all costs. Avoid the cross. If we pay attention to our advertising and the various forms of media and the habits that we tend to orient ourselves towards as Americans, that extra hour of Netflix, I've been on plenty of Netflix binges in my life, that extra glass of wine or beer just to kind of numb out the suffering that we're going through, that shopping spree, whatever it is, we all have our ways of kind of avoiding the suffering that God is giving us in any opportunity. It's a very human impulse, very understandable. St. Paul says, do not conform yourselves to this age. 
but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. As we start to pick up the little crosses that Jesus gives us on a, on a daily basis, and He never gives us a cross that's too big for us personally, it's not about the suffering. It's not about the cross. It's about the resurrection. And it's about the union, the, the union of hearts that we have with Jesus. And as, as we accept our crosses, our hearts start to be in a very specific and special way, united with his own heart. And as we pick up our cross with him, we also rise with him. Just one last example. We all have examples of, of people in our lives who we admire, particularly for their crosses. My personal example that I had no idea until I was really older how big of an example this person was for me was my own grandmother. Her example, is she, she passed away when I was about 15. And I wasn't thinking about any of these things. I wasn't thinking about Jesus or these passages of suffering or any deep things. But her example for me was, was uh, tremendous. She uh, had Parkinson's she contracted Parkinson's when she was in her 50s, in her mid-50s. It was just pretty early. And if you know anything about Parkinson's, it's a very, very slow, strangling, difficult disease to deal with mentally, physically. It's like a slow deterioration of the body. And I just remember the joy. This is my image. The joy that my grandmother had as she would... She, be praying rosaries all day and she had such a connection with Jesus and the ease that she talked about spiritual things and Jesus and she was she was never depressed she could barely walk she could she could barely talk at a certain point and there was always a joy in her there is a deep joy that will always stick with me I think God gave her as an example for me of what it looks like to glory in the cross. To accept the cross and to realize that there's a renewal happening insofar as that cross is accepted and our hearts are with Jesus' hearts. Jesus, whatever particular crosses we all have right now in our lives, Please help us to carry them. Help us to embrace our crosses with you and allow it to be a source of union with you. Help us to know your presence in the midst of whatever cross we have right now in our lives. Help us to have hope and whatever the difficulty is, it's not the end. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen.